Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Bigfoot Learning Podcast. The podcast that does not focus on the fictional creature of Bigfoot, but on learning, especially from those people who have stepped into our lives, leaving lessons on our minds. I am your host, Monica Tooze. Today's guest is Phelan Sugarman Lash. Phelan's mission is to support seekers, creators, and leaders on their journeys to be their true selves, and by doing so, unlock humanity's potential. At age 20, faced with the idea of a monotonous and passionless future life, a suicidal desire made him rethink his entire motivational structure. For the next five years, Phelan traveled from rural Ghana to Rio de Janeiro, searching for his own truth. Along the way, he started the Authentic Path podcast, graduated from Santa Clara University as a top management student, became a CTI trained life coach, served over 50 clients in his private authenticity coaching practice, and published his inaugural book, Why Live? Today, Phelan can be found microdosing in Amsterdam or scuba diving in Tulum. And now, for the episode itself. Welcome, Phelan, to the show today. It's an honor to have you on. It's such an honor to be here. Being interviewed is, is such a fun experience. I find that every time I come on a podcast, I get to see myself from a new perspective, like through the eyes of the interviewer. So thank you for having me, Monica. You're welcome. I well, since you described it right there, like, you know, while being interviewed, you get like the lens a little bit of how the interviewer sees you and kind of like what their thoughts and um what they have taken in from you wanted to touch base with you in terms of you know, checking over having read through your book why live and uh, also you know seeing some of the other work that you have you have a podcast you do life coaching you have your own website or uh, you go and share what you're going through on Instagram as well that with all of those areas and especially take a deep dive in it with your book the thing that kept jumping out to me is authenticity Mm. and uh, with authenticity first off my second what does authenticity mean to you Um, Great question. And thank you for the introduction. Yeah, it's really interesting you asked this question because on my podcast, which is called The Authentic Path, it's been a while since I've done it, but I'm hoping to get back into it because I think similar to Max, whose podcast I listened to your interview with him, like it's it's good to have a break from from podcasting because then now I can come back and I feel more ready to do it authentically, I guess. (laughs) But um, it's funny you asked this question because I asked this question to all of my guests when they would come on the show. And honestly, like I haven't thought about it for the last year or two. 
but I think that it really just means showing up without filters um, in life. And I think there's kind of two ways to think about that. The first way is showing yourself to the world without a filter and then also accepting the world without a filter. So I think a lot of us, you know, think about authenticity as the first one a lot, um, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, being yourself and, and being, not trying to change who you are for a situation, um, which I also have thoughts about that are rather new. But I think that the m- more important way, honestly, is like accepting what is real um, and not running away from it into fantasies or delusions or or stories. It's just being with what is, both letting what is come in and then you know do whatever it does inside of us and then letting whatever it is go out. So it's this kind of flow state of, of being with what is and then giving also of yourself to what is, to me. Thank you for sharing that. That's really beautiful how you put that. And then also near the end there made me think how your description of authenticity brings me to thinking about like being in the present in terms of you know just a little bit in terms of how like with mindfulness for example like you're taking in what is going on in the present moment with no judgment or at least in a non-judgmental way and just trying to accept like okay this is you go and seeing that two-way aspect of it in terms of like not only because yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of when I think of authenticity, most of the times that's like, okay, what am I giving? How am I showing myself and showing who I am to the world? And so I appreciated you having that second aspect of you know, also accepting others as their authentic selves or as they're working towards being their authentic selves and you know meeting them wherever they're at totally yeah I love that you brought in accepting other people because I think that um it's it's actually not a destination authenticity right like we're never our (laughs) our fully authentic selves there's no arrival right and Mm -hmm. something I think about a lot with the word enlightenment like for so long, this enlightenment or nirvana or heaven or whatever aspirational thing different religious practices give to us as something that we should want. I think that a lot of people think of those things as a destination, right? If I meditate enough, then I'll become enlightened. If I live a good enough life, I'll go to heaven. And what's really important is taking those concepts and, and dumbing them down a lot and then just being here with them right now. And I think that when we talk about authenticity or success or anything aspirational, and especially in American culture, it's very much like trying to be the best at something or or be really, really good. And I think that what's almost more important is just accepting that being here is where we are, right? So mm-hmm. there is no new perfect self that's out there and I think that that's something that has taken me a a while to really 
appreciate about life is that authenticity is not an end goal. It's more of a way of being now um, that brings in this concept of enlightenment and sits with it as like, what would it mean to be enlightened right now? You know, and, and really feeling that and looking around, like in this room, I have different plants in here or there's some, some light coming in from outside or the way the shadows play across the wall. There's just all of these subtle, small realities that I think deserve a lot more attention than we tend to give them. And it comes from, from slowing down and really being with what is. And, and then we realize that, oh, heaven actually is earth and we can be there right now. And it's not always uh, present for us, right? Like it takes slowing down, remembering, practicing, being with it. Um, anyway, I'm rambling, but I think that that's really important to not strive for authenticity, but rather bring authenticity into the present moment as a journey. Uh, it's a very good point to yeah, emphasize there because yeah that that sometimes can sometimes mess with trying to be authentic is uh, having that destination versus journey mindset and how that flow state not a, or not necessarily like thing of like flow state that when people think of flow state but at least that fluidity of authenticity and how you know, we, who we both are at this time, maybe in a couple of years, we're doing different things. And that's quite all right, because at that time, like we're being who our authentic selves are at that time and going from Exactly. There. Yeah, exactly. There's this, so can I share a little story? Absolutely. Cool. So I guess it starts like for me, there was this always this obsession with, with authenticity and, and what I thought that meant was living the dream. And for me, the dream was traveling and, and seeing the world and working remotely and, and just like kind of fulfilling my highest ambition or vision for myself. And that's kind of what I thought authenticity was. So when I chose people to interview on my podcast, I interviewed people who were, were living lives like that, lives that I wanted to live. And I had this moment earlier this year where uh, I was on mushrooms, which is like context we can talk about more if you want. But the whole experience of mushrooms is like a really heightened level of self-awareness, I think. And sometimes that can be really pleasant and sometimes that can be really intense and, and hard. And this was one of the really intense and hard moments of that. And that was because I was realizing that in this time of my life, like post breakup, uh, my grandpa was in the hospital. There's just a bunch of like hard stuff going on in my life. I was really like kind of broken on the inside and I hadn't been accepting that. But then if you looked at the content that I was putting out on social media, it was really aspirational. So it was kind of me projecting into the world, this self of, hey, go travel, like live the dream, be the you you've always wanted to be. And what I realized is like, that was a total non-alignment of how I really was with what I was showing in the world. Mm -hmm. And I was putting out perfection is authenticity or 
you know, highest achievement is authenticity. And it, it really made me realize that like, sometimes the authentic truth or reality of how we are is like, not that. <laughs> and actually most of the time it's mixed, right? Like sometimes we mm-hmm. are really happy and living the dream, but even when we're quote living the dream, sometimes it can be really hard. Right. And so I think it's something I've really been sitting with this year is, is being in kind of the paradox of how good, good and beautiful life is and simultaneously how painful and challenging it can be too and not um turning away from that and really figuring out how to promote a realness that doesn't really exist in the common media i guess um we talk about like the high highs and the low lows but most of the time it's kind of somewhere in the middle or, or both. And as I get older, there's more and more of this need to have a capacity to be with conflicting emotions at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, anyway, so I think that this question around authenticity and presence and flow and, and being in like enlightenment or like all of these, these aspirations and ways of wanting to live life really come down to being real with ourselves and, and that can be really hard. And I think mm-hmm. it requires a, an acceptance of, of, uh, of the pain and actually of, of the beauty, which can be equally hard to accept. Like, I think it, it comes down to raising our capacity for realness. Yeah. I, I like that. And yeah, having that capacity raised to be able to hold multiple truths at the same time in terms of we uh, you know, you mentioned about the beauty and then the darkness that yeah, sometimes those can both be true and happening at the same time and seeing how to still live with that and sit with that and see what you're gonna do next and how to just be there and uh you know with there I'm glad you brought up about stillness a few times because uh some of the ways that I've noticed in terms of missing that at times is in terms of you know trying to go 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 like okay I gotta stay busy to be able to uh be authentic or be who I am. However, like seeing how precious and beneficial that stillness is of either like sitting down and meditating or if it's just like sitting outside in nature, you don't need to be sitting, but you know, some kind of slowing down, be able to kind of check in with what everything is going on whether it's the high highs low lows or the middle ground where there's a little of both or a little everything kind of going on all at once so thank you yeah totally well reflected what 
when like you're coaching or if you're just talking with others who you interact with and you get in a conversation about authenticity or just like oh, trying to find that way of being them in life oh, what would be some things that just uh, even though you can go very deep into like coaching sessions with people for this um but in terms of are you in a situation you're say you're traveling and you meet a stranger for a few minutes hear their story briefly what would be some quick things that you'd share with them to at least kind of plant a seed in terms of maybe helping Mm. them out on their journey yeah um it's a good question i think it's it depends on the person and who i meet um one of the things that i've noticed in myself over the last two years or so is like my uh my radar i guess for what people are going through has gotten better you know i used to meet people and think that i knew how to solve their problems um (laughs) which was really arrogant and and funny but also kind of bad right so there was this one friend i had in college who uh, was going through something feeling pretty lonely during covid and i remember just telling her like you don't have to be lonely, like read this book. It's going to help you change your life. Like just be by yourself and remember like you're the person you need to spend time with, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she read the book and hated it. And was like, no, this is just not how I operate in life. Like I need people around and I, I love people. And I think at the time I was, I was kind of upset with her for not understanding what she needed to do quote, you know, what I thought she needed to do. And, um, but now looking back, I, I really recognize that, you know, we're all different and we all have different needs and desires and a book that resonates with me might not resonate with her and that's okay. Um, and that being said, I think where I used to give advice, now I just ask questions and that's been something I've really learned from coaching is that, you know, my job as a coach, people often think that it's to give advice to my clients or teach them how to live life well, but I don't know how to live their lives well. I just know how to feel um, I think I'm pretty empathic so I can pick up on what people are feeling and then I can notice stuff and I can ask them about what I notice and feel. And then from that, I, I dig up or help them dig up what they're really going through. And, you know, how I talked about raising the capacity for realness. I think that's really what I help my clients with. So anyway, long way to answer your, to start answering your question where I think that the, the tips, the quick and fast things would be, you know, spend more time in reflection on who you are uh, through journaling, through walking by yourself, through meditating, uh, through having conversations with people who you really trust to not project what they want for you onto you, but just to hold space for what you want. So that could be coaching or therapy, or if you are lucky enough to have a friend in your life like that, a friend. Um, And then in terms of just like specific questions that I think are really good questions to ask. Like the other day I was at a hostel and I met this, this young woman and she's really cool and interested in, in life coaching and and being a wellness person and helping people. But I noticed that she kept talking down about herself. So she would say sorry Mm -hmm. a lot or, or um, like she kind of, it seemed to me that she presumed to be a burden on other people. So 
the question that I really love is how am I or how might I be a gift to the people around me? Mm-hmm. And I think that that question, like you can't answer that in a bad way. You know, like we often have these two voices in our heads, one of, of negative, like I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. I shouldn't do that. Um, to this other voice, which is like, wow, actually I'm, I'm really a gift to the world. And I think that we all are right. It's just figuring out how and then accepting that and then acting from that place. So yeah, I really like that question. Um, And then there's some other ones like what might I do if I didn't have any guilt, shame or doubt or fear Uh, and just like letting go of all of those things. Or if money wasn't an issue, what would I do with my life? Like there's a lot of ways to kind of uncover the basics of who we want to be. And then what people find after they uncover layer number one is that there's like all of this trauma and shit that we actually have to process in order to, to embody the, the answers that we find. Yeah. That was a lot. Feel free to, to go anywhere from here. <laughs> oh, it's all very helpful questions, especially. And I think what stuck out to me especially for the question that's like how can it be a gift for you or for that one that uh with there got my mind thinking about like no matter where someone's not necessarily like default mindset and self-talk is but like where their self-talk may be at that point if it is say like they're you know maybe it may be belittling belittling them in their mind or trying to minimize who they are in terms of just how they think and talk about themselves that you know even there that brings in a little bit of that positive side or at least trying to move and shift towards there a little bit not saying that like we need everything to be positive 24 7 but more so in terms of having that outweigh any of like negative things that we may be saying to ourselves that then are in kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy at times may make ourselves a burden by thinking we're a burden and then just the actions yes. following and going from there. Yeah. There's this uh, quote that I love. I don't really quote. It's more of a meaning, but the word abracadabra, I think is, is Hebrew or some pre Hebrew dialect. I don't remember, but basically, you know, in modern society, it's like what magicians say when they're doing a trick, abracadabra magic. And what I love about it is that it means um, as I speak, so it becomes or something like that. And I just love that the word that we use to embody magic literally means manifestation, basically, as I speak, so it becomes. And spoken words start with what we're thinking. And so when we shift the thoughts that we're having on the inside around, you know, am I a gift to the world? The answer is yes. Like, how? Oh, well, actually, I'm really good at holding space for people. And I am always the one that's having the most fun at the concerts. So then people are going to have more fun if I'm around, right? Like actually learning how to Mm -hmm. look at ourselves like we might look at our best friend 
um, and then see all of the positive qualities and accept the ones that are not so lovable, you know, like maybe our friends, or this is me, but maybe our friends leave socks all around the house, right? And like, can we learn to be amused by that? Or like, if it really bothers us, can we learn to change it? And all of that starts mm -hmm. from the thoughts we're having, the words we're saying, and then that becoming reality. True, yeah. And um, you keep sharing things that then like remind me of different things. So with the part where, um, you know, how we'd want to treat like a good friend I've heard that in the past and uh, sometimes forget about it at times of like, you know, especially in terms of self-talk, like, oh, is what you're saying something you would tell a friend or tell someone else? Like, would you, hey, don't say that to my friend. But in that terms, like you're talking to yourself and seeing like, hey, like kind of reflect on, oh, like, shh not necessarily should but like is this helpful is this doing more harm or is this doing more good for me and using that like spin of like seeing yourself as if compared to like how you interact with others and see how there can be that difference even though you know having more alignment between those two can sometimes be well not necessarily sometimes but more times than not be helpful and you know again seeing that through how reflection can be helpful with that and being able to see like oh like increase that self-awareness of oh my yeah I am saying I wouldn't say this to a friend why am I saying that to me and going from there totally I noticed while you were talking, your eyes were lighting up and you were smiling about what you're talking about. So I'm curious, like, and you don't have to answer this because I know you're interviewing me, but what is like important to you about what you're talking about right now in your own life? Like what makes you light up when you're talking about this? That's a great question. Um, I say since one of the values I hold highly is like honesty and like initially with honesty, like they're like, oh, like, you know, be honest with others. But I've come to over the years to kind of or see honesty a little bit multifolded and similar to how you described authenticity in terms of like not only honesty with others, but then, okay, how am I being honest with myself? And so um, with there, and then also with that honesty, I do see a bit of how like self-talk plays a part into there. And even to the to the point of you know kind of just seeing what is and going back to like the capacity of holding what may be a few emotions that are going on instead of just like oh no like I can't have this emotion or it's oh well I can only have one emotion but it's 
seeing like, okay, like how am I feeling? Where am I at? Okay. How can I sit with this? How can I, you know, use what's going on at this time and just try to make the most of it. And maybe that's just sitting in the a sucky situation or it's kind of just like, okay, like, or I'm at a spot that I can do something and, you know, change something and go from there. So seeing how that honesty and self-talk all play a part into just trying to navigate this journey of life that we have. Mm. The vision that popped into my head when you were talking is kind of a, like, I've never done this, but managing a sailboat, right? And like, mm-hmm. if we're on the ocean and there's the wind is blowing, you have to like adjust the sails and make sure that everything is like functioning in the right way. And it's kind of this constant tending process to the boat. And I think that a lot of life is doing that process to our own mind and body and making sure that, you know, our body is working the way we want it to and that our mind is working the way we want it to so we can catch the wind and on the journey of life, not just like sit in the middle of the ocean with a broken boat, but actually like enter into the flow of things. And so I really appreciate what you're saying about how the self-talk and and honesty like merges. And I think that that's the, the work of staying almost up to date with who we are and how we want to be in in the world which comes from this like constant maintenance of of our brains and our bodies and minds like the foundation matters a lot in terms of how we show up every day absolutely and uh, uh with you've there um, with the navigating metaphor that made brought my mind back to uh, the travels you've had throughout your life, and most recently you're in the midst of a lot of traveling. And something I wanted to check in on is, especially for your current traveling that you're doing, has there has there been any fav- yeah, favorite lessons or memories that stick out to you from your traveling experience thus far that they're like, oh, this is like something that like, um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be just one thing. If it's a few things that works too. But anything that has stuck out to you and really resonated that you're like, oh, this has, you know, either brought something in terms of awareness or just some kind of lesson along your current journeys you're going through. Sure. Yeah. So just for context, um, I'm in the midst of traveling around Europe. Uh, I've been traveling for six weeks and I'm in Amsterdam and I have another four weeks and then um, I'll head back to Massachusetts where I'm living for now. Um, You know, I think that the first thing that comes to mind is this sense of bewilderment. And that word just like popped into my head. And I think that it's one of the most important parts about traveling is, is feeling bewildered. And what I mean by that is like, I have no idea what's going on, right? You know, I get off a train station 
in a new city where I don't speak the language and I'm surrounded by people who I've never met before around the world from where I grew up and everything I've ever known. And in the midst of all of this unknown, there are both patterns of things that make sense to me, patterns of things that don't make sense to me, and then there's me. And I think that's the most important part of traveling for me is that it puts me in this, in the midst of so much unknowing and chaos and and newness and the only constant, the only consistent thing about every moment of traveling is me, which means that when I'm in any situation, I have to be the, both the driver of what's happening and also aware of how I'm reacting to different environments so that I can actually show up in a way that feels right to me. Um, and as I said, it's actually less about showing up and more just about like surrendering, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, in, in the midst of all of this unknown, I think that there's, a, this is like totally contradictory to what I just said about being the driver, but kind of, it's one of those paradoxes. Um, it's really important to both let go of control and also direct. And I think that there's this, this paradox in life. And one of the reasons I love traveling is that it's just a big metaphor for everything else. Like it's just kind of easier to, to think about when you're traveling. So for example, last night I got into Amsterdam and I got off the, the train and I was like trying to figure out where to go to my friend's house. I didn't, hadn't heard from her. I didn't know her address, didn't know how to take a train or the Metro, or there's also like ferries here and walking and bikes. Like there's so many different forms of transportation. So I was just trying to figure out like how to go where I was trying to sleep. Right. And when you're traveling, it comes down to like the most basic fundamental things. Mm -hmm. And it ended up taking me like two hours to get there. And I also had missed my train earlier in the day. So I ended up taking another train later in the day, which left me like staying at a train station for four hours, which I wasn't planning on where I met this guy who gave me his dinner because I said it looked good. And I was like, what? No, I don't want your food. But then he, anyway, there's all of this stuff that happens in life and we have no idea what's going to happen. None. Like, no idea. And I think when we accept that, it's like totally scary at first because it requires this like relinquishment of control completely and surrender. But then within this, this not knowing what's going to happen, there's a, an immense power of intentionality. If we can bring into our lives, our intentions, our, our values, our wishes, our aims, goals, missions, visions, whatever, like I just swallowed a bug. That was so runny and, runny and random. Anyway, um, see, you know what's going to happen. But there's just like this ability to, to be with the chaos and be bewildered. And then even in that, like enter into flow state. So yeah, long answer, but it comes down to being with the unknown and setting an, an intention or a direction even in the unknown, I think. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's so true in terms of traveling and it's a great opportunity for taking in that chaos of and the unknown and and yeah, anything that comes 
our way while traveling and just taking on the adventure that either we plan for or that has been that falls upon us so um yeah totally it totally falls upon us like I mean just this podcast for example like I had no idea I was going to be doing this two weeks ago and now here we are talking and the outcome of this conversation could be anything right someone could listen Mm -hmm. to this and hear something that changes their life maybe right or you and I could like learn that we actually have a lot in common and maybe we should like connect and do something cool together right and there's I think that that's the magic of life is that I had no idea this was going to happen and you made it happen right so there's this give and take this dance with life where it's both about making things happen and making things real and in, in enacting our visions and it's about accepting that we have no idea what, what the fuck is going on and learning to just ride the wave too True, true, true. Well, with oh, something, learning to ride the wave and just taking in life as it is. Something that I try to check in with each of my guests are you know, what the relationship is or has been throughout their life in regards to learning. So I wanted to check in with you in regards to that and how you would describe how your relationship has been with learning through your life thus far. Such an interesting question. I don't actually think about it that often. Um, For me, there's a few different kinds of learning, I guess. Um, there's the kind of classic sense of learning in the academic way where we are given information that we are supposed to know and we have teachers and we have tests and expectations and marking like where we should be and, and how long it takes to get there. Um, and then there's also like curiosity. So when I was younger, this was, I loved Magic the Gathering, which is a trading card game. And I was just really passionate about it. And so I liked to learn, which led to me spending hours and hours and hours just like learning this game, right? And now as an adult, it's more about learning about spirituality or learning about business or like these are the things that I'm curious about so that's more of an inner driven learning whereas the first academic one is more of a systemic learning and then I think that the last form for me would be when life just like hits you with something right so for me Mm -hmm. when my grandpa died it was like a big learning experience around grief and and processing things and family and community and communication and and supporting loved ones right and I didn't I wasn't seeking out that experience right and it's not even a systemic like desire for the system to want me to know how to do that it just happened and so I think that there's different situations in which I'm either forced to learn from life or I desire to learn 
Um, yeah, and I also think that it's something that you can either be open to or not open to, right? Like one of the, the first mm-hmm. things when you're starting to the self-development journey is the idea of a growth mindset. And it, at this point in my life it feels so simple to think about that. Like it's so basic to have a growth mindset now that I'm like oh, more in the journey, but I think it all comes down to, are you open to changing? And, and do you believe that you can change? I don't think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people forget that they can change and, and grow. And so, uh, you know, if you're, if you're rejecting the lessons that life is trying to teach you because you don't believe you can grow or you're afraid to grow or you were taught to stick in this one like rut, learning becomes kind of tricky. Um, and I think it all comes down to a humility in the face of knowing. And so realizing that the assumptions that we have about life might actually be wrong. And it's a pretty unnerving thing to think about because it it unearths the entire foundation that we live in. And then you have to kind of cope with that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a mess, but is also the opportunity to really grow and change and adapt and, and live a really cool life too. Yeah. Whew. You dropped a lot of powerful thoughts right there. And I appreciate you sharing in terms of like how, like the, especially in terms of like forced learning, a lot of times that may, people may just think of like when they're in a school setting, but then life does itself in the grand scheme, like have those first learning force learning opportunities and situations where uh, may not be something that we had hoped for, but sometimes it may be something where it may be a little on, more on the positive than necessarily like on the um, darker side that, you know, seeing, kind of seeing learning in life as the situations that we're in and then whether the intentionality or the like we just fall or it's something that we come across all just kind of snowballs together and seeing what to do from there. Yeah. And I think you just described learning, right? It's, it's what's happening right now and where do I need to go with this? You know, and it's not actually that complicated, um, but it is convoluted because life is convoluted. Like it's simple. What's happening and how do I use this? But (laughs) also the question of what's happening is infinite and multifaceted. And what should I do with this is also infinite and multifaceted. So yeah, we don't have to go into that grand philosophical pondering. It's still good food for thought to consider and think of and um, at this time, I do want to move on to the core questions of the show. And so with you know, the, that each stem off of the name of the show and not viewing Bigfoot as a creature, but as different 
people and even experiences as well that stepped into our lives and left an impression of some kind of lesson, whether that was a negative or positive, and then learning from that impression that we have since they stepped into our lives. And so with that in mind, wanted to check in for who would you say would be a personal Bigfoot for yourself of either someone you've met with in person or since now, thanks to the technology, like you can get to know people, whether it's through video or calls or whatnot, even if it isn't necessarily in person, but you've been able to make some kind of connection and uh, with someone else that you'd consider as a personal Bigfoot for yourself. Yeah, um, there are a bunch that I could name, but the biggest one for me, his name is Jerry Colonna. He is an executive coach, past venture capitalist, um, head editor at a magazine, but all of like beyond those, those um, I don't know, technical accomplishments. He's just like a really good, kind, gentle, loving, present person. Um, and I read his book like two or like two years ago, I think, and uh, emailed him and was just like, hey, I read your book. I really loved it. I resonated with your story. Uh, would you be down to talk? And then 11 minutes later, he reached back out and was like, wow, I wasn't expecting to hear from you. Absolutely. Let's check in. And so ever since then, we've been talking every few months. And I think that he has really shaped or helped me shape the trajectory of my life in a way that is really caring <laughs> for myself. Um, so he's helped me touch in with my expectations for myself uh, that I project from my parents onto me, if that makes sense. Um, mm. And letting go of who I think that I need to be in order to be who I actually am. And um, I think just, you know, it's really important and validating to have someone who I so look up to spend time with me to really help me be who I want to be. Um, and he connected me to someone else whose name is Parker Palmer, who also wrote a book called Let Your Life Speak that really changed my life. And I reached out to Parker and we talked and Parker ended up writing the endorsement for my book and read the whole thing. And he's 83 or 84 and amazing human. And I just was so grateful for that. And none of that would have happened without Alex Benayan, who you and I both know of, um, who inspired me to just like cold email people. And that came from my friend Maddie and my friend Max and those people, like, I don't know, it's all, it's all a network, right? So mm -hmm. every, every Bigfoot came from some other Bigfoot, right? All of that stemmed from Tim Ferriss and, and reading and listening to his podcast when I was younger. So I think I'm skipping into the next question, but. No, that, um, work, that works. Yes, that'd be um, uh, oh, like seeing, I like they brought up in terms of that network because you never know who you, who you, have either as like a mentor or who you connect with that then they they connect you with someone else and then you're able to learn from them 
and then it just becomes this whole kind of network tree or at least this like different um yeah just an unraveling of a network that you may not have know if it wasn't for maybe somebody that was in the beginning of said network and so um i thank you for bringing light to that aspect and then um yeah we can certainly jump into the second one in terms of um uh uh bigfoots from afar you got a little bit more yeah yeah i just want to say something fast i think that the the most important thing for me when I think about all of those networking people and the opportunities to talk to all of the people, there were two parts. One, listening to the advice that they were giving me and taking it. And then two, um, asking for help. Like it's really important to do both of those things. I think that those are huge. So I'm glad you brought those up because it's one thing to either have or try to build your network, but then what are you going to do with said network? So um, thank you for highlighting that aspect. And uh, I know you've started touching on a little bit, so feel free to add more or uh, go deeper with what you may have shared. But in terms of who would you... De- say are some Bigfoot from afars for yourself in terms of you haven't necessarily had that connection either in person or over technology, but you were able to take in what they had, whether it's books, videos, podcasts, whatever they were putting out there. Yeah, I have a lot. Um, When I was younger, it was people like Prince Ia or EA on YouTube. He's just makes inspirational videos. Um, Tim Ferriss was a big one for a long time. Um, Lewis Howes, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. I really liked her book, Big Magic. Thich Nhat Hanh was huge for me. Um, Paulo Coelho and all of his books. I don't know. There's so many people who've affected. Oh, Robert Piercig, another author. Um, musicians like Chris Martin of Coldplay or Jacob Collier or um, Gabrielle Applin, like all of these people have really shaped the way that I see life and art and existence and being alive. I can go into more detail if you want, but there's a lot of people there. I guess, I guess just like quickly, the common trends are um, there's this capacity to not just like live with a lowercase L and kind of like be here, but a capital L like living and where you see it in people's eyes and they're lit up and bright and embodied and, and here as like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put into words, but all of the people who I look up to seem to have that capacity. And also sometimes this like intellectual sharpness of just like wanting to figure out life. I really look up to all of those people. It's like an intellectual sharpness and an emotional softness and this like lust for life almost. There's a, an expression in Spanish that I learned when I was in Spain and it's um, comer el mundo, I think, uh, which means like to eat the world or comer la vida, which means to eat life. And it basically means like someone who's like 
ravenous for life or like ambitious or hungry you know it's it's that like oh feeling where you're just like give me life so I look up to those people oh that's a lovely phrase I'm like that yeah that really hits it in the head in terms of being able to embody all of those aspects in terms of the intellectual but then the softness of and the human side still come in there and then um and that hunger to learn all touching base on there so no, that's awesome um and for I know you've shared a bit in terms of like one of the things in terms of authenticity is not necessarily escaping to like fantasies or going too deep into the different escapisms that are available in life. However, for this next question, um, who would you say is a fictional Bigfoot for yourself, which could either be like a character or even if it's like a overall lesson from a story or like something that resonated from you from taking in whatever that fictional story was? I love this question. I think that fiction is severely underrated in the self-help world. But I, as a lover of fiction, both movies and books and shows and even video games, like I just love what putting yourself in another world can can open in the mind mm-hmm. and the heart because it's it's really seeing through a new perspective or having a new capacity for, it's like traveling, right? Reading a book sure. or can be. Um, Oh, I could talk about this for a long time. Um, okay, favorite movie is called About Time. Um, and mm, it's good. about, yeah, it's about this like time traveling guy. Anyway, it's not really important what the movie's about, but there's this this lesson in the movie that I'm just going to spoil because it's really important is like, what would it be like to come back in time to this moment to live it with full presence and appreciation of the ordinary being extraordinary. And I like loved that lesson from this movie. And it's very similar to another movie called soul, which I really loved. And that movie's moral is like, don't pursue having a passion or a purpose, just pursue being here and appreciating life fully. Um, And that's where like the spark comes from anyway. So those are like some movies in terms of books. Um, there's a, a book called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Piersig. And his main character is Phaedrus. And uh, that book really resonated with me because it's kind of about someone who is different than the norm. Um, the word heretic is really a powerful word of someone who has beliefs that are heretical and not necessarily uh, accepted by general society. And that person is then kind of rejected or pushed away from society, which can be really painful. And I used to feel that a lot. And reading this book made me remember that what's most important is not necessarily being accepted by society, but just being who we are, and then being accepted and loved for who we are by the people who love us. Uh, And that was super impactful for me. Um, The Alchemist classic Santiago's story about figuring out who he is and, and going after his dreams. Um, 
man, I don't know. There's so many fiction books. Like I really love Brandon Sanderson's books and, and his characters in all of them, I think are really interesting. Uh, there's a series of books called the King killer chronicles or something um, by Patrick Rothfuss and the main character in that book Clavoth is really cool and just the way that he's adventuring and always like looking to learn and I don't know I think fiction is a really beautiful thing there's Aragon mm-hmm. those books Harry Potter one thing that's interesting is I I always wanted to be the protagonist in books like I wanted to be Aragorn from Lord of the Rings I wanted to be Harry Potter from Harry Potter I wanted to be Aragorn from Aragorn but what I'm realizing as I get older is that I'm actually like Gandalf, Dumbledore, or Romus, I think is his name from Aragon. Like there's uh, this guy named Elodin in the King Killer Chronicles. Like there are all of these mentor roles and I actually mm-hmm. much more resonate with those roles, um, which is, is interesting because there's some grieving for me of like letting go of being this main character who's who's on a big quest and actually stepping into not necessarily needing to take center stage, but really helping other people do that in their lives and and helping other people become the main characters. And it's humbling, but um, feels more resonant to me. Oh yeah, that's... You sharing about that change in kind of your perspective or like what roles you resonate more with in fiction now make me think of like the different archetypes that are out in fiction and um and yeah that's a whole another area we could go down um I won't be um I know we're getting near the end of time but yeah (laughs) okay so something that is really important to me is the hero's journey and um do you know what that is I'll just explain it because people listening might not know. So there's this guy named Joseph Campbell and he was a studied mythology. And he noticed in all of these different myths that he would learn about that there was this one like archetype that he would see over and over and over again. And he named it the hero's journey. And basically uh, what it is, is there's this, this hero who is leaves their, their village for some reason, whether it's like a tragedy or, or something, right? So maybe they're orphaned is like a common one. You think like Luke Skywalker. Um, and then they have to go on this quest to find some something. Uh, and on the way, there's all of these challenges that come up, like the evil villain, the antagonist, like the love interest, the heartbreak, the best friend, the betrayal, the rival, like all of these different roles. And um, then you get to this thing, which is like the pits of despair, I think it's called. And it's the deepest darkness. And in that darkness, you often like in the hero's journey, face the dragon and then slay the dragon get the treasure and then you go back to your village and you share the treasure with all the people who you had to leave. And what's most important to me about fiction is this idea of the hero's journey, because what it's offering you is an opportunity to reflect on what your hero's journey is as a person. Mm. And we all are on these hero's journeys in our own lives. And it has to do with our traumas and it has to do with like what our expectations were that aren't aligned with who we actually are. It has to do with finding that teacher and that mentor, those Bigfoot characters for us and letting them teach us. It has to do with finding rivals, love interests, heartbreak, like the whole of life is contained within this hero's journey archetype. So I think that using that as a tool for me in my own life has been really helpful. And especially being an author, like 
you think about it a lot because it's it's about how do I frame this story as a hero's journey because it's the thing that we as humans most resonate with mm-hmm. um, from what I've seen. Thank you for sharing that. It That's one that I've heard really great things about and it's on my list to read and I haven't yet. So um listen to the audiobook the age of myth by joseph campbell so good age of myth okay cool um i love adding things to my to be read list and then now i'm trying to get better of actually going through everything (laughs) but um (laughs) it seems like they're both their own form of hobbies a little bit but um (laughs) but um but anything um, that, first off, thank you, Fallon, again, for um, you know, joining today. Is there anything that you would like to leave as either final thoughts or lessons for the listeners before we wrap up today? Hmm. Whatever it is that is in your heart that you know you want from your life, but you are too scared to do, do it. It's important because that's why you're here. I know it's scary. I'm also talking to myself totally. Like I know it's scary. I know you, I, we don't know what's going to happen, but why not try? There's a Jim Carrey quote that really changed my life. And it's from his dad, I think, um, or teacher or something. And it's, No, it's about his dad. Okay. And you can fail at what you don't love. So you may as well take a chance on what you do or doing what you do. And like, boy, did that hit. So just remember, like, do what you love and you might fail, but you might not. And likely you're going to have more um, strength and capacity and willpower to do the thing that you love than the thing you don't love. Yeah. And if you're interested in following along on my journey, you can follow me on Instagram. I didn't know if you were going to ask this, so I'll just throw it in. But um, it's at Phelan, which is my name. It's F-A-O-L-A-N. And then my website is the same, Phelan.com, F-A-O-L-A-N. And I would love to talk if you have any questions or something that I said uh, resonated, feel free to reach out. And I really love talking to people. So yeah, let me know. Absolutely. And I'll put those in the show description as well. So um, yeah, feel free to reach out for to Phelan everything resonated with you as you were listening along and uh, as you're going through your day to try to see how to work towards that authenticity that is more of a journey than a destination as we're navigating through this journey called life. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You're now at the post-episode reflection portion of the podcast. And for here, just a few points that I want to touch on that going through the process of putting this episode together, got my thoughts churning and thinking over a bit. One of the things that came to my mind was when Phelan and I were about to meet for this episode. I I was in the morning for my time and uh, 
was trying to make sure to be all prepared, get everything all set beforehand. Didn't end up getting a coffee beforehand that was on my mind, but was kind of, um, you know, in a way, a game time decision and didn't have any coffee. And yet, when I was done talking with Phelan, our conversation ended up giving me the energy that I feel like coffee would have. And that just gave me a reminder of how much deep conversations surrounded on learning and similar interests and you know, just really getting to know others and their journeys, how much that ends up energizing me and gets my mind thinking and ready to tackle what else is in the day. And so I encourage you for whatever you have that gives you energy and gives you that drive for each day. And maybe it's something you're figuring out and still trying to see what that is. That once you do identify what that is, to really try to harness it and make it as much of a part of your life as you can. Because those types of situations, in this case, conversation on learning and authenticity as that lens for learning and, you know, journeying through life, you know, seeing how time just flies by and suddenly an hour is up and seeing how engrossed in the moment and conversation, everything ends up being, and then, yeah, ready for whatever the next thing is. And the other part I wanted to touch on is in terms of uh, a theme, or at least something that's been brought up a few times now, how Max brought up in our talk and then Phelan brought up as well in this discussion too in terms of you know, for both of them being away from doing some podcast work but trying to get back into the swing of things and I know I've felt that at times especially seeing like oh and the last episode was a couple months ago sometimes that can be intimidating at times of oh whatever skill you're doing whether it's podcasting or you had a workout routine or you know you were say eating a certain way in order to try to stay healthy that no matter what skill you have there are going to be times where you go away from it for a little bit because maybe other things in life come up um just wanted to touch on that even though it can be scary and difficult to necessarily get back onto track if you decide to come back to whatever project or goal you're working on that it is possible you can get back and come at 
it with maybe now a new lens and see how to make what works in this moment compared to maybe what had been working on earlier and seeing where going to where the discussion led for this episode a lot was authenticity and seeing where your authentic self is in terms of different projects and goals that you have and checking in on yourself for what that looks like for you as you continue to move through life. That is all for today. Thank you for listening. And until next time.